I'm Dawn. And I'm Tracy. And we are Real Women. So good morning, Tracy. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, So today we're going to be talking about marriage. And um, my good friend here is the very best person to interview with regards to marriage. I call it her three-card trick. (laughs) Yeah, hat trick. She's um, she's had three attempts at marriage, and all of them are really, really uh, different stories. Um, so, as an overview, you jilted somebody before the wedding for your first. Yeah, not quite at the altar, but nearly. Uh, the second one, it turned out that he liked men more than women. Yep. And the rebound one was um a, a big mistake although was uh that there was there was a there was a there was a pot of gold at the end of that so tracy what is your relationship with the word marriage first <laughs> your three experiences which we'll get into what now is your relationship with the word marriage um it, well go so far as to say i don't believe in marriage and i said i would never get married again um although my mom bless her um, when she was alive, she said, but if you love somebody enough or they love you and they want to marry, surely that would be enough. But yeah, right now, my view is I don't believe you need to be married to be in a loving relationship. Which is a really um, inspiration. I'm glad that we started with that because that's quite inspirational because I think so many people there's a lot of people that have gone through less than you that are very, very resentful and bitter towards um, it yeah. and you're not. And that's no, and I was with one of them. With one of them, I felt very guilty for many years. With another, I felt very sad. And with the third, I felt very angry. But And, and that went on for a little while. But yeah, I'd say for the past 20 years, I've, no, I'm not angry, not guilty. I'm not bitter. So talk me through, let's keep it um, as brief as we possibly can. <laughs> the first one. So you've got to the point where he's asked you to marry or you've asked him to marry you. You're going to get married. You'd started planning the wedding? Uh, Yeah, yeah, be- big time. It turned out, actually, stepbrother or half-brother was going to be the actual vicar that married us. So... At what point and how long before the date of the wedding did you recognise that you didn't want to do it? I think I reckon, in fact, I know I recognised it four or five months before. Um, I only ended it one month before. And sadly oh. enough, the day after the guy had paid for the bloody reception. Oh, crazy. So that made me feel very guilty. So, so let's get straight to it. What did you say to him? I want to know. I want to know. Well, it was quite bizarre, actually, because there were several things going on that made me realise I was I was only 24 at the time. I'd been going out with this guy since I was about 20. So I've been going out with him three or four years. He was the he was the best friend of one of my friend's husbands, which in turn brought a little bit of sadness her husband basically stopped her ever talking to me again. And at first that pissed me off because I thought you're such a wuss that your husband's going to tell you not to see a friend and you're going along with it. But as I've got older, I realise that sometimes that's the easiest route to take. But yeah, some stuff had happened. His parents were older. He was actually older than me as well. 
And when his mum went into hospital, he'd got an older brother and suddenly there was a knock at the door because by then we were living together. And his brother came with a bag of washing. What, he's washing? He's washing. Now, his brother, was, his brother was 40. Right, stop a minute. Right. So the brother knocked your door yeah. with his washing. His washing. wasn't available. Yeah. So basically what I discovered, uh, and this was about three or four months before the wedding, I discovered that these two men who both had their own houses were taking their washing to their mum every week for her to wash and packing iron in it. Wow. Um, you know, I'm I'd lived away from home since I was 19. So I, I'd got I'd not had the luxury or the inclination to take my frigging washing back to my mum, although she did live two hours, two and a half, three hours away. So but anyway, it comes up on the doorstep and I'm like, oh, hiya. Um, what's that? Oh, it's my washing. Well, do you need me to show you how to use our washing machine? Because I'm thinking naively that maybe he hadn't got a washer you know, bachelor, 40, unmarried, no washer. And he went, no, N, and I'm going to use their initials because that's the fair thing to do. N said that while mum was in hospital, you would do my washing and ironing because my mum normally does it for me. Well, I'm Yorkshire, blunt as they come, even more Yorkshire than I am now, I think. And I went, really? What? My name's Tracy, not Cinder fucking Mella. And this was where the beginning started. I suddenly realised that I was becoming a substitute mother for a 30-year-old guy and his brother was 40. And, no, but not even just you, the one that you were with and his brother. His brother. <laughs> yeah, his brother Ugh. who lived on his own. It wasn't like he lived it. If it had been his dad pop up, who, bless him, was probably late 60s at the time, I'd have probably understood that generation where, you know, you've got the housewife and it was his dad and his wife was in hospital. I'd have probably took the bag off him and said, don't worry, I'll get it sorted. His 40 year old fucking brother. No. So, so big red flag, big red flag. Then there was another red flag. So I'd started working at a company and IT based. So back then, because I mean, I was 24. So we're talking 32 years ago mainly men most of the people in that office were men um and i got chatting to one of the guys i worked with quite friendly nothing going on but then we went off somewhere for the day because all of us were going out for the day so i turned around to husband to be number one that we were going down cornwall for the day i lived in berkshire at the time so we're talking four hour journey he didn't bat an eyelid. He did not bat an eyelid that was going off for the day with some other bloke from work. Never queried it. And on the way back home, I was chatting to my friend and I suddenly realised, not that there was anything going on, but I suddenly realised I liked the guy. And I thought, if I've got feelings for somebody else, why am I getting married to this to N? So that was red flag number two. So a couple of days later, we were going out for a walk. It was the it literally that morning paid for the reception, which was quite an expensive reception. And I'm like, I can't do this. I do not want to become a mother at 24, let alone to a 30 year old man. And there was that and his brother thing, and his brother. Um, and there was the thing niggling in the back of my head. If I really loved this guy and was really committed, why would I even be thinking about somebody else? So, yeah, we go for a walk 
get jitters, don't they? They get the wedding yeah. jitters. This was you knew this was more than just wedding. Oh, we'd got the photographer book, the wedding dress, the wedding, everything was nearly ready to go. I'd got family coming down from Yorkshire for this wedding. And I'm like, part of me was going, you just got to go through with it. The embarrassment of calling off this wedding. And part of me was like, okay, I could go through with it. I could then get divorced. It'd be okay. At least I haven't upset anybody. And then I thought, no. So we sat, we'd gone on this walk. And I said, we need to sit down for a bit. <laughs> sat on the bank by the River Thames. And um, I plucked up the courage and I went, I don't think this is right. I don't want to get married. And, and his little faith. When he said it, I mean, was that must have been a really hard thing to Oh, yeah, this walk lasted for three hours because I was trying to pluck the courage up to tell him. <laughs> so facial expression of N at this point was... I, thought, I honestly thought it was going to break down like a little baby. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That This look came over his face and we, we were living together at the time, <laughs> which is funny as well, but I'll go on to that in a minute. But this look came over his face and it, it sort of... I'd never seen that look before. And I did see it again later when my son was about two and he got told he couldn't have something. And I suddenly realised I'd seen the look before on N's face the day I told him I couldn't marry him. It was like a little child had had his, his toy took off him. And so what did he say to you? Well, his first words were, I've just paid for the wedding reception and I can't get the money back. <laughs> I'm like, whoops. It was it it was really weird. It it was almost like he was in denial. And then over the next week or so I moved into the other bedroom because we we I lived in that house. And um, you know, I did I I basically was going through the process of buying my own house so that I could move out. But I'm I'm there in, in my room and um he knocks on the door one day and I'm getting ready to go out. And he knocks on the door and he's like, it was almost like he, he wanted it to go back to normal as if it hadn't happened. And I'm like, this isn't about me not marrying you anymore. It's about the fact that this is wrong. This is not right. But I did feel guilty. I felt I felt fucking awful. You know, the house was full of wedding stuff. Everywhere you look, there was wedding stuff. The invitations had already gone out and all the RSVPs were on the side and the wedding dress was hung up. Well, this is it. How do you communicate to the significant amount of guests that you'd just invited? How do you announce that then publicly? Um, well, basically, he did his... It, some dig dignity as well, I guess. Um, yeah, it was hard. I mean, it, it, I basically... Because this was, you know, you'd got email inside your own work environment but most people didn't have like email the way it is today um so it was the awful thing of writing a letter or picking the phone up and so what did you say i've changed my mind we're not getting no, i was really blunt i oh, said i'm okay. really sorry to let you know but the you know there won't be a wedding anymore which with some people they want to know all the details which was a long time before i could talk about what had really gone on um, and so I just said, no, we've we've called it off. We're not going ahead with it. And I did, I did badly use the word we instead of I have called it off. And but so, yeah. you remain friends with him? Um, not not once I'd moved out. No, once I'd moved out, he wanted to stay friends. Was he not really cross with you? And really, I mean, he must have been heart heartbroken. Even if the motivation to marry you 
was was for a wife in a more domesticated version of it was like it was like a fucking doormat oh you did it was a lovely it was lovely guy i was i was young i'd met him when i was 20 he was a really lovely guy and i think that's probably why i've never gone out with people shorter than me because he was shorter than me and i've never since gone out with anybody shorter than me but yeah, in lots of ways, quite badly, it probably would have been, I think it probably would have been not easier or better, but part of me wished he'd just turn around and scream at me and tell me what a fucking bitch I was. Yeah. So, so wedding, num- wedding attempt number one, Tracy changes her mind a month yep. before. And uh, did did the wonderful thing of at least not jilting him at the actual aisle, but he had already paid the reception. You might as well have done. I might as well have done, yeah. So jilted attempt number one. You then meet number two. He's your best friend. You're having a marvellous time with him. Uh, you get married. And in your words, tell us what happened at the crux of it. So you remember this guy I went to Cornwall with that <laughs> jilted husband to be number one didn't bat an eyelid about? Yeah. There was nothing going on, but there was a few months later. Right, got you. So husband number one, or, you know, i.e. the person I first married because the first one I didn't, uh, we did eventually end up getting married. I mean... I don't know how anybody explains what a soulmate is. And I do now believe you don't get more than one chance at it. There are more. But I honestly, that was my soulmate, whatever that means to different people. We were, unfortunately, what I discovered a few years later was it was more like a brother-sister relationship. Um, But there was a bit of incest going on as well. But yes, we weren't really brother and sister. So I bought my house and S used to come round to my house as friends. And one day N turned up, saw S's boxer shorts on the washing line. And then I was getting accused of actually being going out with S all the time, which I hadn't. I got, I was friends with him. We worked together. It was a long time after I split, split up with the jilted one um, that we got together. But I let I let him believe he was right. I let him believe that I'd gone off with somebody else because that made him feel better. But I hadn't. But we did eventually start going out with each other. Um, so we moved house. We bought a house together, sold the house I had. We'd been going out two or three years, living together a couple of years. And we decided to get married. We did get married. We'd been married for nearly a year and a half. But about a year into it, he was spending more time saying he was at the office and there were little things happening that my little brain was questioning. Now, by this point in time, I was working in a media industry. And so did you think that he was having an affair at this point? No, I just thought it, it was really hard, actually, because I just thought that it was part of it was karma. This is something getting back at me for what I did. Um, that this guy didn't really want to be with me, although we got on really well and loved each other massively. And um, I just thought he doesn't want to be at home, therefore something's got to be wrong. And I was blaming myself. I wasn't good enough or I was doing something wrong Uh, until he was planning a trip a weekend away and he stupidly didn't realise that being in the media industry, a lot of people I worked with was gay. So I knew what parts of different cities they would hang out. And um, 
found his itinerary for his trip to Manchester and the hotel they were staying in and all the pubs they were going to were all on the gay area of Manchester. At which point I started to wonder what the feck was going on. And it was quite funny because when I eventually confronted him, he'd said he was staying at work, but I'd already phoned work and they told me he'd left. And um, he came home. This was New Year's Eve, a year and a half after we'd been married. And um, I actually asked him a question and his answer basically confirmed everything. So I, I remember it clearly, sat on the worktop in the kitchen. He sat on the stool down by the bottom end of it. And I just went, are you thinking about your sexuality? And he just went, I don't think so, no. Right. The word think in his answer was like, yes, you are. And funnily enough, New Year's Eve, when I finally sort of gently confronted him and said, well, if you are, you need to go and find out who you are, but this marriage is over anyway. It went from him just thinking about it by 3 a.m. New Year's Day, because not gone to sleep, we'd gone out to friends for New Year's Eve, and as we'd gone through the night, little bits crept in to the point where at 3 a.m. in the morning, he finally admitted he'd been with somebody. And how did that make you feel? Um, Like anybody, like any relationship, it doesn't matter who you've cheated with. You know, you've cheated. Now, his cheating wasn't anything intimate, as in full-blown, um, but he you know, he had got very close to this person, he'd kissed this person. So it's still cheating. When you're in a marriage, that's still cheating. So it made me feel... Betrayed. Betrayed, yeah. I wasn't angry. I wasn't sad. I felt betrayed that he hadn't been open and honest with me and he'd done this three or four months of lying his bloody head off. But, you know, this guy was was my soulmate. And so was the betrayal and hurt every bit as much that he hadn't because you describe him, and every time we've ever spoken about him, you still do describe him as your soulmate. Was some of that betrayal and hurt wrapped up in that he hadn't trusted you enough to be able to talk to you? It wasn't, or, or was it just that he'd gone exploring another human being? No, to be do you know what I think it was, Dawn? It was a form of grief. I was grieving for all the things we'd been planning because we were pl on, talking about having children we're talking about, you know, where we wanted to travel to, where we wanted to take our careers. So I think the betrayal wasn't about he'd been with somebody, thought about going with somebody. That to me was just freaking karma. <laughs> um, it was it was grief. That betrayal meant I was now grieving for a future we'd planned that wasn't going to happen. Wow. And there's two questions. The first question is, in hindsight, were there any um, indications like you'd had sex with this person? Yeah. You were a woman, he was struggling with his sexuality. Were there any indications? I'm loath to use the word performance. I I, I don't know how else to. Uh, did you know by it? Was it was it was it good sex? I suppose. <laughs> I suppose it's the blunt. Question. Yeah. Was the sex good? Um, this is part of why I think, you know, and I, I you got to remember we're talking 93, 94 now, and the world has changed. Part of it was his fear of he, he'd lose his career. If he came out as a gay man, he'd lose his career. There was also a lot of pressure from his father, who was slightly homophobic. 
Um, and I, I guess there's, I'm probably even now today, I'm guessing there's a lot of people living a life that's a lie or not quite what they want because of their fear of what somebody else will think. Sorry, I just got to just, so my husband has an expression. It, it'll be upset for me to say this, but it's just the best expression. Your buddy only stands up for what your buddy stands up for, like from a male and <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I guess my inquisitiveness sits around his, if he, his if he preferences, his preferences. So it's like, like you, you only get stimulated by what you're stimulated by. Right. right. So let's put it a different way. I love gin, but I drink wine. Okay. 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 Yeah. Does that okay. make sense? Okay. So does that mean well, he was bisexual? I don't know. I mean, we, we were friends for a good nine years afterwards. We only lost touch sort of nine or ten years afterwards in the early 2000s. There were things that had happened that made sense once I knew what was going right. on that I'd never even, they'd not even crossed my mind before. Until I found out what he was thinking, and then I thought, "Oh, now that makes sense." Right. Like not wanting to hold my hand when we walked down the street made sense. So yeah, because he wouldn't want to publicly be. He didn't want public displays of affection because right. he was he was conflicted. He wasn't yeah. actually gay when we married, but his brain knew that's who he probably was. And there was an element of he had this belief because of his father and the pressure his father gave him. He had this belief that if he got a mortgage, got married, had kids, it would all go away. Right. You know, that's like saying, that's like saying, I can take away my femininity or I can stop being female. No, you can't. You know, that that was the 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 way it was dealt with back then. It's a lot better now. Yeah, it's a lot, it's the world's changed now. But I think the biggest thing was. And we used to spend we used to spend evenings chatting, him telling me about, you know, that side of life. And we we were still friends for a long, long time. Um, he even went and asked, we can still have this marriage. You know, I, we can have an open marriage, um, but we'll still be married. That was his fear of he still wanted that traditional wife and kids in order for his career to progress which in, in the early 90s was still a thing. Yeah, yeah sure. There was still a lot of prejudice around. But at my view was I couldn't do that. I've never cheated in my life. So even in an open marriage, if I went off with somebody else, I'd still see that as cheating. Right. And that's, that's not fair on the other person anyway. And what's lovely about that, and, and obviously, I you know, we've talked about this, uh, you know, as friends, so I, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with, with some of it. And, one of the most profound things for me about the way you handled this, I'm going to use the word permission, was you, out of love, absolutely wanted to give him permission to be who he wanted to be, but equally absolutely needed to give yourself permission to not be embroiled in his cloak and dagger need uh, <laughs> because the marriage wouldn't have fulfilled your values because no, you, you wouldn't have. Uh, I couldn't do it. It would have been really brilliant if I could have said yes. Because I adored this guy. Yeah, but also, you know, from your, like, it's hard to say, yeah, yeah, marriage is done because he's gay. Like, is it, like, it would have been very easy for you both to have gone, let's just 
pretend. <laughs> it's just not let's deal just with. Pretend. Yeah, let's just pretend. And do you know what? If it had been, you know, what I did discover is he, although he'd been in an intimate relationship, I was the only person he had been in that with. And he did once say, if the only woman I could ever be with is you. He, and I did wonder, does this mean he's bisexual? I used to get asked it. His dad once phoned me up and said, does it mean he's bisexual if he got married to you? Uh, no. It means he was living a lie, trying to pretend and almost basically trying to change who he was. Yeah. But he wasn't bisexual. He He had a preference for men. And since that day... He's never gone back. He's never gone and switched around females. So I don't think it was that he was bisexual. I think he was living a lie. He was living a lie and, you know, working his way through that. But he's, he's definitely a gay man. Um, if he'd have been bisexual, then I might have gone, well, actually, I'm OK with that. I'm not prejudiced with that. You know, that that that's down to each individual to decide. But if he'd have been bisexual, maybe I'd have considered a bit more about us having that open relationship but I couldn't have done it it would have been me giving him permission to have an open relationship without me having the open relationship right. does that make sense yeah, and did it make it better or worse or not is it not valid to say is it better or worse for them to cheat I know we didn't go full hog intimacy until you'd split up but fundamentally he still cheated on you uh, is it better or worse that he was exploring that with a male or, or if he'd have been thinking about shagging a woman at work or so, you know, it, it's actually better. It's actually that. better. So, you know, my, um, my final marriage, the guy did cheat with another woman denied he had, but we all knew he had. Okay. The thing was when S admitted he was thinking that maybe he was gay didn't know and I gave him permission and said you've got to go and find out if that's who you are and if you are great if you're not the marriage is over either way it it didn't impact me yes I was sad because I loved this guy to bits so I was very sad and I was grieving for what we no longer had but I never once questioned was I good enough because this was out of my control. It yeah, wasn't about how good or bad I was. I was just simply born the wrong sex. And it doesn't impact your femininity at all. No. In fact, it almost confirms that you... Like, I'm, basically, I'm... Yeah, it actually the wrong gender, it yeah. reinforces my femininity. Yeah. But it, it's quite funny because in lots of ways, it made me feel feel really great as a human being that somebody could be going through all that secret turmoil and see me as potentially the person that's going to help them solve it. Wow. So do you know something? I've just written a chapter in my book about flipping the story. and um... Maybe the universe paired me up. One is a bit of karma because of what I'd done to, to end, but also the universe, whatever it is you believe in, decided I was the person to help him determine how to be who he wanted to be. Isn't that, isn't that phenomenal? Yeah, is, that, is, uh, that is probably one of the best examples of flipping a story that I've ever heard. Honestly, that's, that's such a great perspective and quite uh, profound that you, out of love for him, managed, managed to resonate accordingly. So that's 
that's phenomenal, really. Well, I used to think I was judgmental. And like everybody, there are times Everybody's when I'm judgmental. judgmental. Everybody, you know, I'll, I'll occasionally look at something and go, and my brain will automatically go into a judgment. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect. But when it comes to judging people's sexuality, religious beliefs, cultural beliefs, all of that lot, it actually showed me that actually when it on the big things that on the big things, yeah, I wasn't judgmental at all. Yeah, that's a nice discovery, self-discovery. That is yeah. nice. But then what you did, Tracy, was uh, we need to fast forward and in uh, a very condensed description you then marry again on the rebound yeah married for the wrong reasons so it was a rebound relationship married for totally the wrong reasons um, marry some well-meaning friend so I was pregnant we'd planned having this baby um and some well-meaning friend had said that if we weren't married when the baby was born we'd have to legally adopt the child if we ever got married in the future so I stupidly went and we got married to stop that problem. Wrong reasons for getting married. But anyway, this guy, uh, beautiful gift. I've got a beautiful, wonderful son that was the planned baby. And um, this guy went off and he cheated. He claims he didn't, but he did. And he's cheated since. He's, the guy's a bit of a cad. Um, and that hurt more because now I was going through a phase of this is because I'm not good enough. She's better than me. She's wow. got this. I haven't. So for for quite a long time, I went through a period of self-doubt, uncertainty that I I basically wasn't good enough. Interesting, isn't it? And it's interesting that you'd gone from because because jilted person wasn't jilted because he was a bad person he 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 would have looked after you he would have loved you nicely I know you'd have had to become his mother but so you know he wasn't a baddie number two it was out of his control and that you know and that was that and then at the end of what so fundamentally you'd pick two half decent candidates for your you know uh in lots of ways if I could wrap all three of them up into one person that'd be great okay that's really yeah. funny, the, the sensibility the of a fellow one because he was <laughs> he adored me and that was a wonderful feeling um you know and then number two if we could take that soulmate element of him because at the end of the day he did deceive me he got married knowing what was going through his brain that was yeah. wrong yes. it was actually it was actually um we could have got the marriage annulled as a result of it um, because he deceived me to get me to the aisle sort of thing. But I just thought, what's the point? Let's get divorced. Um, but then take that soulmate element out of number two and take the fun element out of number three, because that's what was great about it. I, I actually was finding the fun side to myself with my son's father. Um, it just it just very quickly became evident he couldn't keep it in his pants. And he was he was a shit. Let's and he honest. was a shit. Yes, he was a shit. And um, if you could roll all those elements out of those three people, perfect bloke, really, for me. And what I love about this, about you, about your story, about your, you know, shenanigans, your marital shenanigans is number one, you're not bitter and twisted and resentful. Number two, I love that you 
have been able to gather and extract the good bits from it. And I understand that you probably took a little bit of time to get there with doing that. We don't do that in the midst of it. It's as we get older, we get more reflective and we're able to see perspective differently, for sure. So I I, I understand that probably took you a bit of time. Um, What I would love to headline about this conversation, especially if people are out there in marriages where they're unhappy for whatever reason, I've actually written the word down, permission, because it's that's the bit that I've taken. Give yourself. So you you gave yourself permission despite the money, the the arrangements being done. You gave yourself permission to be true to yourself and jilted number one. You were more than generously and 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 happy to give wings to number two. Go be gay. That's you. I love you for it. But equally, you gave yourself permission to say you're not going to stop in the marriage and you put your values first too. Yeah, it was quite quite funny actually with, with my son's dad. It got the point where he disappeared, literally disappeared for a week, came back. And at this point, my son wasn't even a year old. And when my son was eight months old, I eventually turned around to him one night and I went, you need to go. I would rather have three happy people not together than three miserable people together. So that was permission that it's not to stick with something that's not working. If it's not right for one of you, be okay with finding you're happy. What an absolutely marvellous at the expense of your (laughs) very juicy gossip. Yeah, no. (laughs) But what, what, you know, on a serious note, you know, be true to yourself, stay and work it out, let them be them, leave, do whatever, you know, but it, let's not try and change people. Let's not try and change ourselves. Let it land how it is. Let it land how it is. Be okay with it. Be okay with that. And so I can, are you ever really, and... You started off saying that you'd never get married again. I absolutely agree with you. The piece of paper doesn't make you happy. That's not what makes you happy. But I suspect that your mum is probably right that had you, if you come across a companion that did serve you how you needed and you could serve them how they needed and he they wanted to get married. I think that that would if you phone me and ask me what you should do, I'm gonna say, yeah, go for it. And and you're right. If I if I if I get with somebody where all of those things are all going where we both won and okay. we've both found our happy, if that person wanted to, then I probably would get married. And I don't think however, you... I have to put the however in, I'm not fucking living with them. Fair, fair. So all we need is somebody heterosexual, somebody who's not trying to marry his mother and somebody who's not a shit. Yeah, and probably a bit rugged looking like a rugby player laughing. I'm on the hunt. (laughs) I'm on the hunt. And with that, but yeah, fascinating. And again, actually, I'd like to just offer that it, I find it pretty inspirational that you've been able to extract the things that you have, flip the story, find the perspective that you have. And um, I wish more men and women, when they've been through hard relationships, 
found that level of self-awareness and that level of positivity if I can say that from what they've been through yeah being bitter and resentful and I think to sum it up and it was a wise man that triggered this one and no I wasn't going out with him (laughs) it's if you love somebody enough and or you love yourself enough you will let them go that's beautiful and and with that we need to wrap up we do thank you very much for your vulnerability and your very wise words Uh, So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you for your company. And to share your spandex and stiletto stories with us, tag at Real Women Podcast on Instagram.